the key point that I want to make here is that when we as adults encounter something that is new, challenging, alien, makes us feel uncomfortable, we have the choices that we discussed in the previous episode. But that experience is exactly the same, only perhaps slightly amplified or exaggerated, as the experience every child has whenever it experiences something new. Let me just say that again because it's so important. Whenever in education we take children on a part, the next step of their journey, we give them an experience that is at least initially alien, that stretches them, that takes them somewhere that they have not been before. Otherwise, why are we doing it at all? Yet, even if the step that we take them on is very short, given the circumstances and given the age at which they have that experience, it can still seem alien, challenging, make them feel uncomfortable, even frightening. So there is a very real chance that a child in the normal course of normal education in an ordinary classroom will have experiences of things that we present to them in all innocence that occasion fear, reactions that are anxious or even rejection. Because to the extent that a new experience is alien, we will always be tempted to reject it. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting for a second that we should entirely eliminate this from our educational practice because learning to deal with things that are suddenly different or new or alien or challenging is also one of life's lessons. But we should appreciate that a new experience, a new challenge, a new idea, especially one that the child finds it very difficult to understand or accommodate, can be experienced as a threat, as frightening, as a challenge, as an assault on its integrity. So we need to appreciate when we present children with new ideas that as far as we can, and without relinquishing entirely our duty of care to enable them to experience the new and the challenging and the frightening and the discomforting in a way that is manageable and constructive and life-affirming, we need to do that too. But when we present them with things that are new, we need to realise that the new need not be embraced as a friend. It can seem very threatening. And that is true of every new experience in some measure. Let's just go back to an objection that is perfectly reasonable to something that I've said in previous episodes. I've said that we should not be too quick to be under the cosh, controlled by external agency. And someone might well say, oh, what do you mean? Do you mean that we shouldn't force children to learn to read? Well, my answer to that is we should encourage children to read. We shouldn't force them to read. We need to find ways so that the process of learning to read becomes pleasurable, becomes safe, becomes affirming, becomes something that generates enthusiasm in there so that they 
they want to go on doing it and it becomes a lifelong practice. For many children today, their parents don't sit them on their knee when they're tiny infants and read them books. But that process is a way of encouraging them to believe that books and reading and stories and pictures and words are their friends. When they sit there on their mother's or their father's knee and listen to stories over and over again, the same stories that are always the same, they are learning that this is an experience that is positive, affirmative, good, and something to which they will therefore want to return again and again to become lifelong readers, which is part of a step or one of the steps on the way to becoming a lifelong learner. In other words, that process, the warmth, the comfort, the safety of early reading is what encourages children to want to go on reading. And if they don't have that experience, then when they start to experience reading as a challenge, when they can't read, when, as has happened in the past and still happens today to some people, they reach adolescence or adulthood and still can't read, then the very process of learning to read becomes an enormous challenge and something that makes them feel ashamed, that makes them feel inadequate, and therefore something that is fundamentally repellent to them unless they're put in a context where they are encouraged to overcome this deficiency. By contrast, the early experiences of reading, of books, of the warmth, the love, the affection that generates a love of books, a love of learning, a love of reading, a love of the new, a love of story, etc., 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 that inculcates a practice in a child that becomes lifelong. And we should have exactly the same attitude to all new experiences. But sadly, we all too often make every new experience a problem so that the child is first of all made anxious by it because it's too difficult, too alien, too new, too challenging, makes them feel too uncomfortable and so they will naturally reject it, be frightened by it, and often reject themselves in the process because they feel there's something wrong with them because they can't do something or absorb something or accommodate something that apparently everybody else takes for granted. So there is a really important message here, and it's one that educators need to embrace. They should not use the argument, the dreadful argument, yes, of course this is going to be painful, yes, of course this is going to make you uncomfortable, yes, of course this is going to be boring, but at least you'll get some compensating reward in the future. I'm sorry, you probably won't.